just honor the word by just lifting up your note sheet. It's got all the scriptures we're going to look at this morning um, as we're talking about the manifested glory of God. Amen. If that's what I feel like the spirit of God is, has for us to look at for this entire year. And really, I feel like for the decade, for this decade, God is really going to manifest his presence and manifest his glory and his goodness in ways that we've not seen before. Part of the um, prophetic word was that do not allow the voice of terror to be louder than your, the voice of your faith. So no matter even what happens in the earth, like we just saw that, that the United States took out, uh, is his name, Soleimani, who was uh, like the number two terrorist, or num number two, yeah, the number two terrorist in the world. I mean, as soon as we, the, the year changed, here we are already hearing stuff going on, and they're plotting things and that kind of stuff. But we don't allow the voice of terror to be louder than the voice of our faith. Amen. And we just continue to confess Psalm 91 over our lives, Psalm 91 over ourselves, over our families, over our children. Amen. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked. It shall not come nigh our dwell dwelling. Amen. 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 We're not afraid of what the terror that flies at morning, noon, or night. We're not, we're not afraid of it. We know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in and are safe. Amen. He also said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. And then also, um, <clears throat> behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over oh. all the power of the enemy and nothing. help me preach somebody. Who said nothing? Who said nothing shall by any means harm you? Nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing. Nothing shall by any means. So that's our confession. Nothing shall by any means harm me. Amen. My family, my community, my, my neighborhood, my state, my country. Amen. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So let the voice of faith rise up. Amen. Amen. Don't get into fear because fear is not given unto us. Amen. It's fear is a spirit. And God didn't give that to us. He gave us love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you. Y'all are helping me preach good this morning. Well, come on. Let's make a faith declaration. Hold your note sheet up as we... Focus on the word right now that's about to impact our spirit. Take us to another level in life. Say this. Say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap you people. High five right now and say, you got to be living on purpose. Amen. Living on purpose, living in purpose. Amen. Apostle Hilliard had a call with the, the AIM pastors uh, the other day, uh, just this past Tuesday. And he said, he gave us another prophetic word. He said, this is the year where you're going to prove the naysayers wrong. Every hater who ever said you were never going to be nothing. Every person who ever said you're going down, you wasn't going to make it. This is the year that you prove the naysayers wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. So get, get, get home and get to proving. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Well, we are focused this year, all year, just like last year, we focused all year on tremendous fruitfulness. We had a tremendously fruitful year. This year, we're focused on the manifested glory of God. 
God's glory manifesting in our lives, manifesting in our families, manifesting in our marriages, manifesting in our integrity, manifesting in our character. Amen. Manifesting in our lives, the glory of God. And the more surrendered we are to God, the more glory God can get from our lives. It's really up to us how much we want to let God's glory shine in the earth. It's really up to us. Because the, the more we surrender, the more he has room to let his to let himself shine in us through us um, for us, amen. amen. So it's it's about being surrendered to God. Yes. It's about giving him that last territory that you're holding on to. Come on now. It's not worthy to hold on to it, amen. No. Give it all to God. He wants us to be all in, amen. all in, not halfway in, not one foot in, one foot out, one foot on the dock, one foot on the boat. No, but we got to get all the way in on, with God. So that he can have glory with our lives. Amen. So today I wanted to begin talking about living in purpose. Because if we live out our intended purpose, God's going to be glorified. Our intended purpose is not just for us. Our intended created purpose is to be a blessing to others. It's not just about how blessed I can get. But how can I be a blessing to other people? I want to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. Just like God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing. He let him know what his purpose was. You're going to be a blessing. Amen. Some of you want to be blessed because you want to be a blessing. That's that's the greatest thing. It's better to give than it is to receive. I mean, receiving is good. But, but, But giving is even better. So I live for a purpose outside of myself. Just like a chair. Somebody bring me a chair up here real quick. Grab me a chair. Come on, Superman. There he is. Put me a chair. Put that chair like right here. Okay. So this chair has purpose. Does it not? Yes. It was created with a purpose in mind. To hold a human being sitting in the seated position. Um, you know, to hold their weight. Amen? And to and let them be able to relax and be comfortable in a seated position rather than standing, right? So that's its purpose. That's its creative purpose. We can all look at it and see that's its purpose. But it does not fulfill purpose until somebody sits down there. Amen? Until it's a blessing to another person. So I want you to see yourself as that. God made you with purpose. Specific purpose. And it doesn't, you don't fulfill purpose until somebody's getting blessed by you. Amen. So you're, you're created to be a blessing outside of yourself. Amen. Does everybody get that? Are y'all ready to go to another level? All right. So the process of manifesting, you just leave it right there. It's fine. It's fine. We're good. Oh, oh, was that where Ms. Brenda was sitting? Yes. We better put it back. Here she comes with her shades on, looking all fly and cool, healed woman of God. (coughs) Okay. Well, that's where she puts her stuff, so let's let her have it back. There we go. So let's talk. No, that's okay. We don't have to. But if you've started, go ahead, because you're you're a blessing. Go ahead and put it back. You're a blessing. Okay. Just let that chair sink in. Perfect. All right? So let's look at the process of manifestation. We're going to, pro- we're going to manifest the glory of God. We, want to, we need to see 
what the process is for manifestation. Now, this is the manifestation of the glory of God, which is what we're releasing our faith for. But this works for anything you're releasing your faith for. Manifestation is a process. Believe in God is a process. The will of God is not automatic. Everybody understands that? The God wants you to be blessed. He says, I've come. The, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So God wants your life to be blessed. But it's not automatic that you're going to be blessed. You've got to use your faith, grab hold of the promises of God, and bring it into your life, into the place of manifestation by using your faith. Part of your purpose is to use your faith as a partner with God in this earth. Amen. Because the will of God is not automatic. Otherwise, why would he need anybody to pray? Why would we ever need to pray if the will of God was automatic? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Those who believe will be saved and those who, who don't will be damned. So we know that it's the will of God. He says that it's the will of God that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But yet we know because of that scripture that they're not all going to be saved. He said, go and preach the gospel. Some will believe and be saved and some won't and be damned. So the will of God is not automatic. Otherwise, why would he say, I look for a man to stand in the gap, but I found no one. Amen. He needs us to stand in the gap because we're his partners in the earth. The earth realm, the heavens of the heavens are God's. But the earth, he's given to mankind. Amen. So we use our faith to bring the manifestation of uh, God's goodness, bring the manifestation of his promises into the earth by using our faith. Amen. So let's look at, at the process of manifestation. Manifestation starts, number one, with inspiration. Inspiration. What inspires you? Inspiration is the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. Inspiration is a dream, a vision, a goal, another level. What, are, what do you believe in God for? Do you see your family at another level? Are there areas in your marriage where you could go to another level? Are there areas in your career where you could go to another level? Write that down on the side there. A dream, a vision, an inspiration. It's a dream. It's a vision. It's a goal. It's a desire. It's another level. So it starts, manifestation starts with inspiration. What is your passion? What are you inspired to do? Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there's no vision, the people perish. The people perish. Now, we know the perish means die. But that word actually goes deeper. It has a little slant on a different, it has a little slant of a different meaning. And let, let me tell you what that is. Perish is para, And it means to loosen, come to nothing, directionless. So where there's no vision, the people are directionless. The people are loosened up. The people come to nothing. You just stay where you're at. In a nutshell. And, and one, one, one of them says, blown in all directions. Wow. There's where, where there's no vision, you just go with well, wherever I land, wherever I end up. Yeah. That's just where I'll end up. That is not the will of God for your life. He wants you to get a hold of the fact that there is another level. There is another whatever your passion is, it's gonna push you to your purpose. What's your passion? What is your passion? What makes you say, I would get up in the early early in the morning and do this for free? Amen. What is it? What are you passionate about? That's the spirit of God where he's gifted you in an area where I couldn't care a thing about it. It's something that God's put in you that just, man, lights your fire. What's your passion? I know Michelle's passion is 
she loves her some doggies. She loves puppy dogs. And so she's, 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 a, she's made her passion into a ministry for um, getting um, dogs that, that need homes to be trained to work with autistic children, to be a comfort dog. I mean, that's what kind of ministry is that? That's amazing. That she's taken this what? The shepherd's ministry. The shepherd's ministry. But but she's involved in it and, and helping work with it. I mean, you've got a love for animals. How can I glorify God with that? How can this be, you know, part of my purpose in the earth to just connect dogs with children that have a need? I mean, how awesome is that? So where there's no vision, the people just go in all directions. It's like a proverb, a, a, a Hebrew proverb about a woman taking the, the uh, hairdo out of her hair and just letting it blow in the wind. Where there's no vision, that's what you're like. Just whichever way the wind blows me, that's where I'll end up. No, God wants us to chart a course to better. Amen. Chart a course to better. So it starts with what you're inspired by. It starts with inspiration. So we've been inspired by the Holy Spirit as a, as a corporate body to believe God for the glory of God, the manifested glory of God in our services, in our lives, to just go to another level. God is, is inspiring us to step up, not just the glory of God um, in our witnessing, um, in our everyday lives, um, or in our services, but that we're submitted to His will, committed to serving Him and serving others and seeing the, the glory of God manifest. We're talking about it all year long, glorifying God in our families. Glorifying God in our decision making. Glorifying God in our thinking. There's so many ways that we can glorify God that we will fill up this year with at least 52 sermons on glorifying God. Amen. So um, we're, we're inspired. We're inspired. That's the vision is glorifying God. So we've been inspired now. We want to bring that inspiration into manifestation, right? So we're inspired to seek more. How many of you ready for more of God? I want God to just saturate my life so that he gets glory. Look at 2 Chronicles 5, 13 through 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. I don't want to need a smoke machine. I want God to do it. Amen. I want to come in and be so saturated in his presence that we hear the audible voice of God. Come on, there's always another level, y'all. You, you just, you, we have to be hungry for it. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is always pulling us up out of our box. Always calling us. Hey, come here. Come here. There's more. He gives us a little glimpse of it. A little inspiration. A little snapshot of it. You know? Matthew 7, 7. You know, he draws us. It's like a give and take. Just like in any relationship. He asks us for something. He says, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek. And you will find. See, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. You might just be comfortable. You might just be too comfortable. When there's more that God wants us to unlock. He says, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. James 4, 8. God says, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. 
Matthew 5, 6. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He might. He will give you the desires of your heart. What are the desires of your heart? Do you, do you know? Do you really know what the desires of your heart are? Amen. What's your passion? Maybe we should make a list. Maybe we should think about those things. Amen. Think about what is it, what am I desiring? What is my passion? What is it, what is it, what am I inspired by? So your passion will push you to your purpose. Your passion will push you to your purpose. If I can borrow a line from Apostle John Wesley Williams, he said this when he came for our night of um, uh, revival. He said, your passion will push you to your purpose. Hallelujah. All right. And then once you're fulfilling purpose, you're a blessing for other people. Amen. So the first one is what? Inspiration. The second one is revelation. So the second way to get to the manifestation is the first is through inspiration. What are you inspired by? The second is through revelation. You have to get a revelation, not a head knowledge, but let God drop something down in your spirit. Amen. Where it clunks in your spirit. Revelation is an understanding of the plan of God at your level of comprehension for which you are accountable. Once you have a revelation of something, we can't just blow it off. Amen. Once you know God has a call on your life, how could you go back to just ordinary? See, God is calling us up to the extraordinary. Not just ordinary. We should all be doing extraordinary things. But I believe we just teach, preach people into being comfortable. Really, God wants us to stretch into the extraordinary. And so once we know that he wants extraordinary, we're accountable for it. <laughs> so we need a revelation of God. Where is my level of extraordinary? What is it? I need that revelation. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If we just got a revelation on that right there, yeah. that I belong to him, I have to glorify him because I'm not mine anymore. He has the right to tell me what to do and be in relationship with him so that I hear his voice constantly. Amen. Amen. That I'm constantly yielding to the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 10 31. Whatever you do, do it all for what? The glory of God. So whatever I'm thinking, is this going to lead to good actions? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I become what I think and what I say. So it's so important that I guard my heart and my mind so that I'm not speaking and doing things that don't glorify God. If it doesn't glorify God, purge it out of your life. Amen. I'm telling you, the glory is so much better. So much better. Just, let's just purge the trash out of our lives, y'all. Let's just purge it out. Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. So we need a revelation. Um, the understanding of the plan of God for, for the next level. Amen? And then we magnify God with our lives. Our life becomes the stage where God gets glory. The number three. So the first one is? Second one. The third one is saturation. Saturation is beyond the point regarded as necessary. It means very full extent. Very full. So 
living at a level of saturation, it means that, that we're living on uh, an overflow. Amen. That we're not just living on enough to barely get by. You cannot live on another on, on word that you just get on Sunday mornings, leave and come back next Sunday and you hadn't heard from God in between. You can't live on that and expect that you're going to glorify God. If you're going to glorify God, you're going to have to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, then, so then faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by what you heard. Faith doesn't come by what you know. Amen. Faith comes by what you hear on a continual basis. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, we are, we are designed as human beings. God made us this way to learn by repetition. Repetitious information will birth a belief system in me. What I hear on a repetitive basis, I hear it over and over and over. It will birth a belief system in me and my belief system will dictate my behavior. The, the commercial companies are, are banking on that's why they just don't show commercial one time and they never show it again. But they show it over and over and over and over until you can sing the little song. Way there, you got just what I need. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, what about this? Patriotsoftware.com. Nobody else hears that one? Okay, so I think that's on serious satellite. <laughs> <laughs> but name one. Somebody, somebody, sing one you've heard over and over and over. Thank you, thank you. Nationwide, giving their money, they giving their people. Amen. Because who else knows one? How about Plop Plop? Thank you. See, I barely even had to prompt you, and you already knew what it was. Why? Because you learned by repetition. Repetition. You hear it over and over and over, and then it becomes part of you until you until you know it. See, see, God knows that's how, that's how we were made too. That's why we says faith comes by hearing. You've got to live saturated on the word, not just on a little bit. I challenge you this year. Let this year be the year that you listen to two hours of word a day. Two hours of word a day in the morning and in the evening. Amen. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. It was not enough that you started your day that way. You would let's end the day that way too. Amen. How about on the way to work and on the way home from work? Amen. Put your earbuds on. Hallelujah. So you saturate by hearing and hearing the word of God on the revelation that you're needing to get wisdom and faith on. You know, what? what is your inspiration? What is this vision, this dream that you have? Let's listen to what God's word. If it's about good, about families, you, you know, we have no excuse. Because we can YouTube, we can pull up a sermon about anything by, by your favorite preachers. And don't be listening to no flaky, freaky words. I mean, qualify the preachers that you're listening to. Amen. Because people can preach some stuff that is not word. Amen. So then you'll be getting in faith for something that's not even word, not even Bible. So you, then we have no excuse. We can pick our favorite preacher. We can listen to it any time of the day, 24-7, 365, right on our phone. You know, people in the last generation could fuss because, you know, maybe I don't like to read or whatever. Now we got it right here on our phone all the time, two hours a day. Can you just tell your neighbor two? Two. What was that? Two, two minutes and one? What was that? What was that? Search? Search. Two. They bang it together. Two, two minutes and one. <laughs> see? You see? See what I'm saying? Two hours a word a day. Let it just go into your belief system until you got it. Amen? 
Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get some understanding. All right, so the first one was? Second. Third one. The fourth one is meditation. So once you've saturated, part of the saturation process is that you meditate, is that you think about it. And meditate is more than just thinking. Listen to this. Think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time. Plan mentally. You know how you can get a whole plan together? I'm going to go this way and that way. Then I'm going to turn down there and then I'm going to swing back this way. Then I'm going to get back on. You know how you can plan a whole thing out mentally? You already know all you've got, you're planning to do because you, you went there in your mind already. You already knew what time the traffic is best going this way. So you have charted your course, made your plan to plan mentally. It's already, all it is is left to get up and walk the steps out. Same thing with faith. Amen? That you plan mentally. I was talking to Shantae. And Maurice on the uh, prayer call this week, because they said, you know, we just want you to agree with this, you know, to get a new house. I said, have you been to one? They said, no. I said, well, you need to go. Go go find a, a model home. Amen. You know, uh, go in and take your shoes off, walk around, go lay down on the bed. <laughs> Bring your lunch on your lunch break. Sit down at the table and eat at the table. Just see, yeah, this, this, this is what it feel like for this to be my house. Yes, Amen. Yes. Go in the garage and imagine your car in the garage. Amen. Just, you know, use the bathroom. <laughs> get, the, get in the fridge and get you a bottle of water. You know, just go in and walk, walk through it like it's your own. It becomes a little more real. And if you're putting your faith out for that house, you ought to go every day. Every other day, once a week, whatever you can work into your schedule, that's part of the, the meditation process is to plan mentally. It means to consider. It means to deliberate. The Hebrew word means to ponder or talk, utter, study, speak, imagine, cogitate. That's a word Murray uses all the time, cogitate. And I thought it was just a word he made up. I thought I'll be done going and sitting in the dictionary. Yeah, it really does mean to ponder, talk. It means, it means to think about stuff. But um, but look how, how meditation is also about speaking. That your mouth, you know, you don't release your faith till you start to talk. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but my faith is released by the words of my mouth. So you're not in faith till you start talking. You're just thinking about being in faith. you got to start talking. you got to start saying that thing. Thank you, Father, for my new house. Thank you, Father, that that's just like this. It's got five bedrooms or how many bedrooms you need, whatever it is. I declare overflow. Believe for bigger because with God all things are possible. Amen? He can do more. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. Hallelujah. He can do more, so dream more. Dream bigger. But, but get your mouth on it. Begin to release it with the word of your mouth. And begin to declare, I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. It's your will that I would be blessed in the earth. It's your will, Lord God, that you want me to do better, to have that thing to be better. So I thank you, Father God, for my new house. Go stand in the front yard. Lift your hands up. Do a, do a, 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 a Jericho walk around it. And declare, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I, I believe I receive my new home in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So you've got to get your mouth going with your faith. Because the Bible says you'll have whatsoever you say. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You're living today what you spoke yesterday. So if you don't like right now, start talking to tomorrow. Hallelujah. Amen. So get your mouth moving. Part of the meditation process is that you've got to speak. Because that, that, your words carry power. Your words are containers. They're carrying life or they're carrying death. They're carrying blessing or they're carrying cursing. There's really not much in between. Amen. 
So you've got to start talking about it. And Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, don't you stop talking about it. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Talk it out loud that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way... See, too many people are waiting on God to do something. Yeah. When God has put it in His Word, this success is going to happen because I do something. He's laid out the plan and the purposes of the earth, and He put us in it to walk in it and to be His partners in the earth. So it's time to get up and get yourself moving, get yourself talking. Stop waiting on God. I mean, I'm not saying that, that you don't wait on God, because when you're waiting on God, you're getting stronger. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall change and renew their strength. Amen. Their, their mental, physical, and, and uh, emotional strength. You'll get stronger as you wait on the Lord. But waiting means I'm binding too by twisting. I'm not just sitting here waiting, tapping my foot. I'm just getting closer to God like, like Jacob did. I got a hold of God and I'm not going to let go till you bless me, Lord. Wait on God because I've got a hold of you. I will not turn this until I see the manifestation of what you promised me, God. You have said it and I believe that nothing will hinder reverse from working in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, talk of it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Meditation. Listen to what it does. When you begin to meditate and imagine on stuff, which is the next one, number five, is imagination. When you begin to get into the imagination, when you begin to see yourself there, you, you begin to see, you know, play pictures and movies in your mind. You can shut your eyes right now and you can imagine yourself on a beach. Close your eyes and imagine yourself standing on the beach. Hear the sound of the waves. The sunshine is, is behind you so you're not having to squint looking at the water. Come on, y'all. Be specific about your dreams. Amen. And, and I, I feel the wind gently blowing on my face. I hear the sounds of the waves. I feel, I feel the, the, the waves rolling up over my toes while my toes are sinking a little bit in the sand. Come on, I mean, get in that thing and imagine yourself there. Amen. Your brain, your, your, God created you with an imagination so you can begin to see it. Now, when you begin to imagine yourself at your next level, imagine yourself in that thing that we've talked about that you're desiring. Once you see yourself there, it alerts your spirit to be on the lookout for things that normally you wouldn't even notice. But because you're meditating, because you release your faith, because you're speaking the things of God and speaking it into your life, you'll begin to see, oh, and I have to pass by your 50 times. I've never seen that house before. I passed by here, I don't know how many times. I never even noticed there was a Kia dealership right here. Let me pull in and go drive one. Amen. So commercials and things and favor, it alerts you to watch out for favor. Because you're, you're on the alert for it now because you've been meditating. Amen. Y'all, too many of y'all went to sleep when I started talking about the beach. Y'all, come on, wake up. Come out of it now. We're off the beach now. We're back here at 7211 FM 1960 getting the word this morning. Amen. All right. So imagination is to form a mental image. Believe something to exist or be true. That's where um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That thing is becoming more real to me than what I see without it. It's becoming more real to me. I feel like if I open my eyes, I'll see it sitting there. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see it, and you hear it, and you believe it. What you see and what you hear matters so much while you're imagining, because then you'll begin, it, you'll begin to believe it. In Genesis 15, Abraham, you know, the Lord came to Abraham and said, Abraham, or Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And Abraham's like, oh, really, God? I'm not impressed. Really, that's what he said. He said, look, but Abram said, Lord God, 
What are you going to give me? Sin, I go childless. See, Abraham was seeing the fact that God had told him he's going to be the father of a great nation, but he was focused on the fact that he didn't have no kids. Mm. And he was an old man. He said, seeing, I go childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of of Damascus. Then Abraham said, look. What did Abraham have his eyes on? He said, look. He said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my abundance. One born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And, and he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So God had to give Abram a vision board. He said, Every time you go out at night and you look up, I want you to see a face on every star. Because that's how many of your descendants are going to be. More in number, more than you can even count, Abraham. So he had to give Abraham something to use his imagination. Because he's looking and seeing right now, I've got no children. But God, you've given me something else to look at. You said I'll have more in number, all, more, more than these stars that I can't even count. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. So you've got to set things before your mind, before your eyes, frontlets for your eyes. You know, like I did years ago when God said I was going to be a preacher. I said, okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> I took a picture of myself and put it on a picture with all the great women that I, I that I knew of that were on TV preaching the word. I copied their pictures and pasted it on a file with my cute self right in the middle. Amen. And I put it in a frame and I hung it on the wall so I could see me preaching with other women. Amen. Amen. To see myself at a level in the earth that I felt like God had spoken to me. Yeah. You've got to be able to see it and be able to see yourself there. So you need to make a vision board. You need to put, you know, like a, a little something that reminds you of it, that triggers you to remember it. Amen. Amen. Don't give up. I feel like this morning somebody's put something on the shelf. You, you have given up on it. You believed it for a long time and now you've given up on it. God says, get that thing out and dust it off. And begin to look at it again and think about it again. He says, I will work, and who will hinder or reverse it? Has he not spoken, and will he not make it good? Yes, he will. Yes, he will, amen. So Genesis 17, 5 through 6, you know, God didn't just go by what Abraham saw. He wanted him to hear it. I need you to hear it, Abraham, while you're imagining it. Genesis 17, 5 through 6, it says, No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Which means father of a multitude. For I have made you a father of many nations. So Abraham means father of a multitude. So Abram just means exalted father. But Abraham means father of a multitude. So every time anybody said Abraham, he what he heard was not Abraham. He heard, hey, father of a multitude. Father of a multitude, come here. Father of a multitude, what are we having for dinner? I mean, every time he heard his name, he heard God declaring over him. God got other people to participate in the plan of God. He got them all speaking the plan of God. Amen. Even when we say it today, we say, Father of a multitude. He said, For I have made you father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. All right, number one was what? Number two. Revelation. Number three. Saturation. Number four. Meditation. Number five. Imagination. Number six. Expectation. <laughs> All right. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Watching for it. Anticipating. From expectation, you leave the place of, of almost just 
believing, and you enter the place of expectation. I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it. Amen. I'm going and checking the mailbox because I'm expecting something. Amen. It's like that's like I am every single day. I get up. I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting. You know, we declare that that this uh, the year 2020. We, we started declaring plenty, plenty in 2020. Amen. And you know, God God has said that um, if we honor the Lord with our first fruits and and with our substance, He said, so shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your vats overflow with new wine. Amen. So plenty, plenty in 2020, that's something that we're, that we're continuing to say. So you need to be in expectation of it. Don't make me work this hard, y'all. You need to be in expectation of plenty, plenty happening in your life. Amen? Plenty, plenty in 2020. That's not just a little catchy phrase. That's calling substance and stuff to come to you in your life. I declare plenty, plenty in 2020. There's not a need I'm going to have that's not going to show up this year. I will not be in lack in any kind of way, but I declare an all-sufficiency grace is being released over my life because I am a tither, because I am a giver. The windows of heaven are open for me, and God's poured out such blessing I do not have room enough to receive it. Amen. So I'm an expectation of that thing. So don't just say it and then just go skipping on your merry way and say, no, I'm looking for God to, to, to uh, bring unexpected increase and supply into my hands. But you know, you, you have to qualify yourself for it. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats overflow. If you want the plenty overflow in life, you got to honor Him first. Amen. So you have the right to expect the outcome if you meet the qualifications. Draw yes. near to me, and I'll draw near to you. I'm drawing near to God, so I'm expecting God to draw near to me. Yes. Somebody says, call to me, and I'll answer you, and show you great and mighty things that you don't know that. So I've done the calling out. I'm expecting God to pour something out in my heart, in my life, some revelation. Amen. I'm in expectation. Expectation. I'm expecting it, because I believe God sent this in the earth for, for it to work for us. Amen. For faith to work. So it's, it's, it's further than just believing. I'm anticipating um, the plan of God. Uh, you know, we, the five expectations of faith is that I can expect a plan of God. When I'm in faith for something, I expect Him to give me a plan. Amen. Amen. He can give me a plan of God and give me a miracle. I can expect God to do a miracle. Why he's still a miracle working God? You know, God God can still do absolutely anything. You know, it's not if God you can do it. He said, if I can. He said, if you can just believe, all things are possible to them who believe. He told Martha, he said, if you'll just believe, you're going to see the glory of God. And Martha said, okay. They get to the, to the, to the cave where Lazarus is. He says, take away the stone. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. He's been dead four days. He's thinking... He said, I told you, if you if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. So Martha went on and had him remove the stone. And she saw the glory of God. So he is still the same miracle, wonder-working God. Yeah. And I believe he wants to do miracle signs and wonders and exploits in our day. I believe these are the days of Elijah who are preparing for the coming of the Lord. Amen. So we have to release our faith for it. So a plan of God, a miracle, the favor of God. I have the right to expect the favor of God. I have the right to expect God to give me wisdom on my situation. He said, if any of you ask for wisdom, he said, ask 
the giving God. If any of you needs wisdom, let him ask the giving God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Amen. I'm in all that. Hey, I'm in the all. Amen. He gives to all. I'm in. I'm in that all. Amen. So I receive my wisdom in Jesus' name. And then the strength to endure until change comes. So the plan of God, miracle of God, favor of God, wisdom of God, and the strength to endure. So if you're feeling tired, I'm telling you, God will bring us strength to you to keep you going. Amen? Keep you walking. Keep you believing. You feel like you're on your last leg? Good. When I'm weak, then am I strong. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So number one is? Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. And number seven. Manifestation. That means it's here. Make it public. Make it shine. Uh, we're experiencing the glory of God in every area. All right? So number two, our purpose is manifesting His glory. That is our purpose in life. Number one, God is glorified when we live in His purpose for our lives. He is glorified when we live in His purpose for our lives. You know, the number one selling book in the world, besides the number one selling book is the Bible. You know what number two is? Purpose-driven life. The purpose, people want to know, why am I here? And the subtitle, it's purpose-driven life. The subtitle is, why on earth am I here? <laughs> why People want to know, why am I here? What is my purpose? They know that God has put something in them and they're hungry and thirsty to find out what it's all about. Because that's when we really begin to live. When we feel, fulfill the purpose of God for our lives, that's when you're really living a fulfilled life. Amen. Anything else is a counterfeit. I know I'm telling the truth. I don't need to say it again. Amen. So the Bible says that we look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, right? So we look to see what he did and how he did it as our example. He understood. Jesus had a revelation that, that he was here for a purpose. He stayed focused on it so he could accomplish it. He talked a lot about his purpose, more than I even put down this morning. I put down a few of them, but the Bible is full of places where Jesus was talking about his purpose. He, he used to eat and drink with the tax collectors and the sinners. And look what it says here in Mark 2, 7. He said, it's not, it, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners. It's like, duh. <laughs> it's like Jesus just made such perfect sense. He said, I, I, mean, I, I came to call sinners. I, isn't that what he says? I haven't come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners. He, he understood what his purpose was. Uh, Luke 19.10. The Son of Man has come to what? Seeking to say that which was lost. He's focused on purpose. Matthew 20.28. 20, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So he's focused on the fact, I'm here to serve. I didn't come. It'd be easy for Jesus to kick, kick back and let people serve him, knowing who he was, even as he got all famous and everything. Easy to just let people do that, but he didn't. He often went through to a private place to pray, to get another download from God, to make sure he was in purpose that next day. John 18, 37. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth, listens to me. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Oh, how many times do we have to remind ourselves of that? I'm not here to do my will, but I'm here to do the will of the one who sent me. You've been sent just like Jesus was. We've all been sent for a purpose. If we could be as confident about our purpose as Jesus is, my God, what could we do? He said, um, I have come to the, let's see, did we read this one? I have come into the world as a light. So that, no one, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. John 9, 39, I entered this world to render judgment. 
to give sight to the blind, and to show to those who think they see that they are blind. Wow, don't forget that Jesus has come to bring judgment. And he took the judgment upon himself. But one day we're all going to have to appear before that great white throne of judgment. That he is a, a righteous God. He is a merciful God. But he is a God of justice. And we know that the Bible says, won't the, the, the judge of all, won't he do right? Yes, he will. I believe that he will. But we, have to, we still have to watch how we live. You know, and in the last days, sin is going to be so heated up. And, and people live in, in just, um, just a state of sinfulness in the earth that it's easy to just kind of be in that gray area. But, you know, who's on the Lord's side among you? The days of Elijah are to just draw a line right down the middle and say, you better pick a side. That's why he said, you know, he can't stand lukewarm. He said, be hot or cold. I could wish you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Lukewarm makes God sick. Come on and decide with me this year. We're going to be hot on fire for God. Amen? Amen. All right, Mark 138. Let us go to the next town so that I may preach there also, because for this purpose, I have come forward. Can y'all believe how focused Jesus was on purpose at all times? John 12, 27 through 28. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Hallelujah. So it leads us to ask, why are we created? What is my purpose? I hope that in these next few um, sermons and in this series that we're going to discover some of these things so that we can get onto it. Number two, my greatest purpose is to know God progressively. See, you never get to the end of knowing God. It's something that you're going to do all your life. And you never get to the end of it. Just when you think you've got it all, God shows you a whole other side. When you think he's the water of the word, he shows you he's the bread of life. When you think he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, he shows you he's the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You will never, his ways are past finding out. You will never get to the end of knowing God. Hallelujah. So my greatest purpose is to know God progressively. Listen to how Paul said it. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Then I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may, in that same way, come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in each one of us. And that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. That's so deep, I'm not even going to comment on it. So before praise ever comes from your lips, it should come from your life. Number three, my purpose is to represent God in the earth. So my greatest purpose is to know him progressively the second way is that my purpose should represent is to pre- is to represent God in the earth. Second Corinthians five twenty. Therefore, we are the Messiah's what representatives. representatives, as though God were pleading through us. We plead on the Messiah's behalf. Be reconciled to God. So, as His representative, we're we're charged with caring for the things that He's entrusted to us. That means to be a good steward and manager of your gifts and talents. 
the gifts and talents that he's given to you that are special. I don't get to say, I'm too busy to serve God. I don't get to say, I just want to come to church. I don't want to have to do anything. You've become a reservoir rather than a channel. God never called for any of us to be a reservoir. But we're supposed to be a channel, a conduit that can do it. Amen? That the power of God can flow through us into someone else. That we don't still get so big and full of God that look at me, how big and full of God I am. No, it's so that you can flow into somebody else. Amen? And, and you know, we, we don't, we don't, show me in the Bible. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. We're not our own. But we belong to him. How dare we say? How dare we hold hold back our gift that he gave us to use for him? Who in the world do we think we are? That felt a little bit like spanking Jesus. But we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we use our faith in partnering with God in order to bring the will of God to pass. It's all part of being, you know, good stewards and representatives of God in the earth. So let's look at the last thing real quick here. You don't even have to write anything down, but don't fold your paper up and put it away. It aggravates me. Ready? Number three. The positioning for glory manifestation. So you've got to be positioned to receive the glory of God. All right. Exodus 33, 18 through 23. When Moses said, please show me your glory, Lord. Then he said, who's folding up their paper? I know y'all not folding up y'all paper. <laughs> and he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, let's just stop for a second and say God is sovereign. He, he is so, He's good. And his mercy endures forever, but he is a sovereign God. He is the King of kings. Yes. And he is the Lord of lords. He's, he is high and seated on his throne. High and lifted up. He is on his throne. He is God. And he is sovereign. And sometimes his sovereignty is the hardest thing to understand. Because why did this one get healed and this one didn't? Why did this one live and that one didn't? Why am I alive when others in my same situation didn't make it? Yes, Pastor. Because God is sovereign. And he's making a big old tapestry. Have you ever looked at the back of a tapestry? It's a hot mess. You can't even know what the picture is. But from the front, it makes perfect sense. So God is making a tapestry. And it makes perfect sense from his side. That's why we trust him. That all things work together for good. For them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He is sovereign. He is sovereign. He has the right to be God. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I'll have compassion to whom I'll have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. No man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, listen to this. I love this. Here is a place by me. So you can't see me, but I want you by me. Here's a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. Would you underline that right there? You will stand on the rock. 
so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. So he said, Moses, I'm going to put you not just on the rock, but I put you in the rock. Yeah. In the cleft of the rock. In the cleft means a crack, a fissure, a tight place to hold you firmly. I put you in the rock to see the glory of God manifested. We have to be in the rock. Yeah. We have to be in Christ. In Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Yeah. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm in Christ. This I died. And now Christ lives in me. Don't you know that your old your old life is dead? I died now. Christ, the life I live now is in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10:4. When the children of Israel drank from the rock when they were thirsty, God told Moses to strike the rock and the water came out. And they drank from the rock. It was a picture of Christ. The rock who would be struck and die for us. And out would come the living water. And the bride of Christ would come from his side. That's us. But it says, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Jesus is the rock. Psalm 61, 2. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord forever. For, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. rock. Many want the manifestation without the relationship. It's about a relationship. A real, organic relationship with God. When you begin to hear His voice. And you know you're with him. I, I read a story on Facebook this week about a little boy, 10 years old, who got kidnapped in his front yard. And the kidnapper drove him around for three hours in Atlanta while he sang every praise at the top of his voice for three solid hours. The kidnapper finally took him somewhere and dropped him off. You, you ought to look it up. It's on, my, it's on my Facebook page. I shared it. You ought to look at it and see how God moved. And because this little boy had a relationship with God. He wasn't just singing a song. He said, I knew every word and I meant it all in my heart. I thought this man was going to hurt me and I thought he was going to hurt me bad. But you know, God is able to do some mysterious miracles when you love him. Because this little boy, 10 years old, had a relationship with God. God delivered him because his relationship is in the cleft of that rock. He's in Christ. I wish I could get this from my heart out to you today. What it means to have that real relationship. It's a real relationship. It's not just going through the motions. And oh, how we can come and just go through the motions. Yes, sir. But it's feeling it. Whatever. I want to feel every piece of this. Yes. Amen. I want to feel you, God. I want to. I want to. I want to feel this relationship. I want to know that you're there. It's not just going through the motions, and it's not receiving by proxy. You can't hide in somebody else's Jesus. No, you can't. You sure can. How do you know him today? All right. I know him as a healer. 
I know him as his deliverer, flipped in a truck three times and walked away with a broken fingernail. He's a deliverer. He's a mighty God. I know him as the God who will stand you up in the midst of the ashes of what's left of your life and lead you forward. He's a shepherd. I know him as a shepherd who will lead you into blessing that will blow your mind. He's my Jesus. I know my Jesus. What about your Jesus? You can't get it by me. You can't have somebody else's Jesus. What's your story? Where did he come and hold you tight in a tight place? Where? What's your story? It's not just I'm here. And God, you ought to be glad that I'm here. And I'm committed. I'm fully committed. I'm all in. No matter what. Could we just throw out every distraction and throw away anything that hinders us and say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm in Christ. I'm in that cleft. And then even more unimaginably, God put his hand over it. As he's in Christ, as he's in the rock, puts his hand over him and causes all of his goodness and all of his mercy to pass by. I'm sovereign. I'm good. I'm merciful. Woo! I'm all in Christ. Could you just lift your hands and lift your voice right where you are and just tell God this morning once again that you're all in? I give it all to you, God. Just, just talk to him for a moment and just say, I'm, I'm all in. I'm more than just here, God. I'm more than just here. You own me. You own my spirit. You own my body. You own every gift, every talent that I have. I freely give it back to you. I free, Anywhere I've been holding back, God, I repent. And I come back full force today. I'm ready to put my foot in it. Give you everything. My thoughts. My temptations. I run to the rock. That is higher than I. I feel like I can't give it up. I feel like I, this addiction has a hold of me. And this depression has a hold of me. This anxiety has a hold of me. When I feel overwhelmed, I will run to the rock. Who is higher than I? My Jesus. That little boy said, when you listen to the interview, he said, I just know that God's with me all the time. Like when I'm laying in my bed, he's just sitting over there in the chair looking at me. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the rock. Thank you for that place that's higher than I. Thank you for wisdom this morning. Lord, we receive wisdom in any area that we're lacking. Thank you for your favor this morning. We expect favor. We expect a plan. Lord, we roll every work 
of our lives over onto you. And we ask you, Lord, to cause our thoughts to be agreeable with your perfect will. And everything we do will succeed. Thank you, Father. Lord, it's our desire to go from the place of inspiration to manifesting your glory this year. So we give you absolutely every area. We give you this church. We give you, we give you our lives, our homes, our houses. Our cars are not our own, but Lord, if we could pick someone up and bring them to church, Lord, if we could use it to help somebody else, not just for ourselves, but it's a gift to be used in the purposes of the kingdom. Every tool that we have, let it be a tool to help you, Lord God, to help in the kingdom. relationship with God. I want to be forgiven for my sins. I want to know that I know that I'm a child of God and my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's you this morning. I want to pray for you. And what I'm going to ask you to do this morning rather than just putting a check mark on a card. Maybe you're here this morning you say, Pastor Sally, I've identified during this sermon areas where I've slipped and I, I really want to put it right with God. I really want to turn around. Maybe you you haven't felt God in a long time. You've just been going through the motions like we talked about. And you'd say, Pastor Sally, I, I really want to dedicate my life in such a way that I never have before. If that's you this morning, I want you to just come to this altar. I want you to just come to this altar. Just get up from where you are. Just say, you know what? Things are going to be different. I want to give myself to God completely. I want to be all in. Don't let pride hold you back. Don't let pride hold you back. If that's you, just 
just come down to this altar and say, I'm, I'm ready to publicly make a change. So proud of you, Jamie. So proud of you. So proud of you. You say, I'm ready. That's it. That's what I'm talking about right there. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. You want to, you're ready to sell out. You're ready to say, I give up and I give Christ. You've never made, maybe you've, Maybe you even got baptized, but you never really felt like you had that real relationship with Christ. Maybe you feel like you've never really...